five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to be talking about direct mail today, and we're going to be talking about a different application. As you can tell, I've kind of lost my voice. That's partly because of the drippy hugs I got over Thanksgiving from the grandkids, and partly because Packers beat the Chiefs. <laughs> I can't even believe it. <laughs> I can't even believe it. I went to my son's house and we watched it together last night. And uh, on the way driving there, uh, ESPN Radio had 12 experts and 100% of them picked the Packers. No, 100% of them picked the Chiefs. And the host, I'm not sure if he was an expert or not, but he said, you know, this has happened only a few times when everybody picked one team. And it usually doesn't work out very well. So I'm picking the Packers. (laughs) And so if you missed it, you know, catch the highlights or catch the commentators in Kansas City whining about how how terrible the refs were. Yes, I would say there was four bad calls in the last minute, which cements my belief that the NFL is basically about the refs. (laughs) But, you know, they they gave Kansas City two big gifts that would have pretty much ended the game if they hadn't given them to them. And then they gave the Packers a gift when there should have been. There was a gift no call, I would say. But it isn't really fair to send somebody down the field and get a get a pass interference call to win the game. That's just not, you know. There should be a lot more no calls. In the first half, there was only two penalties called or something. And in the last minute, there were four, and they all were <clears throat> were basically game changers. Uh, but they, like I said, they offset a bit. So anyway, I'm going to take it easy on myself today. Let's get over to Tom Fishburn if I can. Here he goes, the many hats of the CMO. Okay, the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer. While you're doing the rest of the, your CMO role, can you also take on the lead, take the lead on regenerative AI? Yeah, I sure can. I'd say let's shake it out a bit. I'm not ready to fire all my copywriters and all my creative people just because of generative AI. Look at this crown, okay? Very dangerous stuff. And they're saying if you don't get in on it, you're not going to win. Well, I think there's more important things. So the chief marketing officer is maybe a proxy for for marketing in general, okay? Long gone are the days when the CMO was just in charge of marketing communication. And marketing was dismissively called the coloring in department. I think it's still called that behind closed doors. Today's chief marketing officer role is almost impossibly deep and wide. I spoke recently with a friend trying to recruit a CMO who was struggling to find candidates with the right depth of experience in both brand marketing and performance marketing. I would say look for a direct marketer, look for a direct mail guy. And I'm available if you need some fill-in. Their work requires broad alignment with every cross-functional department in the company. CMOs are held accountable even if they don't have actual authority for those areas. Very true, very true. What strikes me funny is is that I'm doing the same as fractional CMO. I'm doing the same kind of jobs 
more execution than strategy, I would say. And I'm doing the same kind of jobs that most of the time I was doing as a brand new consultant back in 1981. So... I don't think it's really changed that much, Tom, but I've never had an actual CMO role in a big, big company like you have. I'm not sure you did either. I think your job at Procter & Gamble was like brand manager. And I think that's really, you know, the focus is somewhere in that area. It has to be. It has to be what's the what's the main positioning for our product? What, And then how do we measure the effectiveness, right? And... You know, as you as you know, I'm a big believer in combining branding, wonderful branding. Look at that, out in the snow. Get get going, get giving. Okay, 50% off is going to be trackable, and look at the beautiful design of that Daniel. That's just beautiful design. It gets you into the catalog, right? We're not trying to sell everything on the front page. We're trying to tell you that this is a warm jacket, and my wife loves her Land's End jacket with the furry collar. <laughs> I can tell you that, too, as a reviewer. Okay, uh, this turtleneck is Land's End. This, they don't have purple. I don't know why they don't have purple fleeces, but they don't. <laughs> so I went off the map and bought it from some other crazy place for like $15. It's not very good. It's not as good a quality, but it's purple. <laughs> I like purple. It's my favorite color. Okay, so... There's a, there's a note, Daniel. With such an expanding remit, the chief officer risks devolving into chief something or other. <laughs> Should have said chief something or other. It would still be CMO. <laughs> chief something or other. I got you on that one, Tom. <laughs> I'll have to send you a special note. Okay. Some companies have been pushed to rename the position entirely. Chief experience officer. Chief Digital Officer, Chief Revenue Officer, Chief Growth Officer, right? No matter what you call it, companies clearly see a need to have somebody worried about what they're saying to the public to get new customers and to get and to keep existing customers, right? I think there does need to be financial accountability, which is where you get the revenue officer. I think there does need to be growth, which is where you get that. Right. That's what the CMO is or the CEO is generally rewarded for. OK, I don't think experience offers or matters at all. I think that's crazy. You can't give customers very much experience. Right? You can have a good product. but Boy. Anyway, no matter what you call it, I think leaders stepping into the CMO role have to define what they do and don't do with clarity and focus if they want to be successful. OK. And. Uh, Gartner VP Chief uh, Chris Ross said, being a CMO isn't for the squeamish, but there may be no other role positioned to make so clearly, make so nearly a great impact. And uh, jack of all trades, I went down a rabbit hole and looked that all up. Maybe I'll put the link in. It goes back to 1618. Wow. Okay, Chief something or other. <laughs> Chief something or uh, something officer. And they've got all those names. That that title didn't work either. Any other ideas for a word that will magically fix this role? Yeah, you really need to design the scope of it. Welcome and good luck giving up 
to everyone's expectation, living up to everyone's expectations for the CMO. I have ordered new glasses, by the way. You know, it's a it's a moving target. <laughs> new glasses for for these special non-reflective glasses because they're bent. Glasses that I can take up pliers to and 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 fix them. Are you our chief marketing officer? The CMO title is obsolete. I'm the chief growth officer, is it, or is it the chief customer officer, or chief experience officer, or chief commercial officer? How are you going to lead our brand if you can't keep your own title straight? That's it, chief brand officer. CMO of the month. You've had days to deliver results. Maybe it's time for a change. Okay, so that's oh, I missed this one. <laughs> Revolving door. Okay, let's get over to something more interesting. It isn't very often that I get to talk about an article, a paper, in the Journal of American Medicine. But I have it today. Physicians Weekly. I'm sure all you marketers read this. Direct mail self-sampling increases uptake of cervical cancer screening. It's funny doctors and re medical researchers would get the power of direct mail better than most marketers today. Also, they would set up a test that was much more well-conceived than any of the crazy measurements that we do as digital marketers. No wonder you can't find a CMO. You need to find a CMO that can talk to the CFO, and that should be your main thing. If they can't explain what they're going to do, I would have the CFO interview them all. If they can't do that, they don't belong in the CMO role, and they don't belong with a C in front of their name either. That would be my contention. Okay, so screening for cervical cancer. I don't know much about this, but I know that November 28th issue of the Journal of American Medical Association, most prestigious journal probably in America, Rachel Weiner from the University of Washington in Seattle examined the effectiveness of direct mail. How about that? You won't hear that on any other news show, right? And opt-in approaches for offering HPV self-sampling kits to individuals by cervical, can cervical cancer screening history. They take their medical history for segmentation. Okay, if they're due for screening, if they're overdue, or if it's unknown. Three basic groups. Randomized clinical trial. Randomized, important, get some good sample sets. For women aged 30 to 64 years. Individuals stratif stratified as due or, what is it, due, randomly assigned to receive usual care. Or they could, they could, they were offered usual care, same thing as always. They were offered education, or they were offered direct mail, usually care plus educational materials plus a self-mailed sampling kit, or opt-in on uh, usual care plus education materials and the option to request the kit. So some of the women, they sent the kit. Some of the women, they said, would you like a kit? And then they would send them a kit. Okay. And they were, the people do were 390 or 3,960. The people, uh, let's see, the education was, no, no, the people who got the kit 
was 1,482. And the people who were offered a kit but didn't send it beforehand were uh, were 39. So they they were saving money right here. You see that? Because the kit was, I'm sure, more expensive. Okay? And um, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Okay? And then they had some others that were overdue. And they sent them the usual care, education, or direct mail. And um, in that case, they also saved money, right? And then they took the unknowns, okay? So they were they were probably OBGYN customers, but they didn't know when their last screening was. And they and there they spent the money and sent out the most segment of the kits, okay? And what they found was that the screening completion was almost 17% higher in the direct mail versus the education alone. Okay, so education didn't get them off the hump here. <laughs> right? Plato says if you know the the good, you'll do the good, but he meant no in a different sense than we use it. Okay, so HV sampling should prioritize direct mail outreach for individuals who are due and overdue for screening. Okay, there you go. And there you go. The power of direct mail, and this isn't about this isn't about selling something. This is about testing, sending the kits directly that have a, an opt-in self-test, and getting more people testing for more women testing for cervical cancer. And finally, there was a man tired of the rat race in London, and he moved himself out to Devon, which is basically straight west of London, except a little bit south but about as far as you can go out by the ocean, right? Wonderful. I think it's the Irish Sea uh, that goes between England and Ireland, but it's out there by Land's End. Not the same Land's End. <laughs> and they have a business that employs 70 people. And uh, it has a digital direct mail platform. And they've now expanded in the USA. And let's see if I can get over here and look at their... Here's their website, direct mail platform the direct mail platform it seems to me this is a little bit like um there's quite a few of them lob has a platform like this and um postcard mania has a platform like this and uh, so they have a couple of formats i think they have two postcard formats and two mailer fo formats very straightforward very simple nice simple you can watch a demo which i did nice simple uh how to get in the mail they basically work it just like you'd buy email. You can even design your mailing piece on. Here's a bunch of different stuff. You can see the pricing. You can see case studies. Okay. And um, AutoTrader is a big one of their of their customers. And you can do a radius around your, your, your store. It's really quite a nice, simple, you know, here's GDPR and direct mail. And um, does GDPR prevent you from sending direct mail? Absolutely not. We can show you how to legitimately and legally contact customers and prospects with targeted direct mail. It's true. You get in less trouble mailing than you do in email. If you if your customers are expiring, you know that it's like a two-year expiration. If if they don't uh, if they don't get in touch with you over two years, you can't email them again. And if you do email them with just the purpose of getting them back activated. That's a violation of GDPR. But not if you mail them a postcard, I think. Uh, those 
those regulations are dynamic, I would check with stamp.com. What a great thing. Anyway, they're not a member of the WDMA. They're not supporting our work. I've never heard of them before today, but it was it was nice. And uh, so they have this really nice little platform and they um, and they are out in the country, out on the seaside. And they've now moved into Denver and some other offices in the United in the United States. Um, and it's just a really great it's a really great case for people wanting to invest in direct mail, you know, and wanting to help small business. And I'm really excited about it. And I thank you. I thank you for that. Uh, Sam Heaton, uh, I thank you for your vision. And I thank you for investing in direct mail capability. And you should be supporting the WDMA, Warriors for Direct Marketing Association. Have a great day. I'm going to take it easy today. Repost, share. Have a great day. Bye-bye.